Hi there! Welcome to Fem Vibes, a podcast by Young Feminist Europe. My name is Marianna, and I'm here today with my colleagues Emma and Cynthia and our special guest, who we are going to introduce very soon. Hello everyone, it's Emma here. Today's episode is the second installment for the Her Europe series, which you should all know by now is about young women taking up space in the EU elections and highlighting why Europe needs feminism. Hi, my name is Cynthia. Today, with our fantastic guest, we are going to talk about what it is like to actually work in the European Parliament. We will address the issue of sexual harassment and abuse one can face, especially if you're a young woman. We will also talk about the movement in the European Parliament called Me Too EP. The objectives of this movement are to end the culture of silence, actively protect workers and create structures to report sexual harassment and sexism. So, our guest today is Anne Hirvela. So great to have you here and thank you for joining us. Hi! Anne works as an assistant for an Austrian MEP, Angelika Mlinar, in the European Parliament. She is also one of the founders of MeTooEP, a movement that is fighting against sexual harassment and abuse in the European Parliament. Before we go to talk more about the campaign, Anni, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you become a feminist? Yes, first of all, thank you so much to Young Feminist Europe for inviting me as a representative of the MeTooEP movement to record a podcast episode with you. This is all very exciting. You have started a very, very timely podcast series ahead of the EP elections. We need a feminist Europe and a feminist European Parliament and feminist policies, and we have the chance to make it happen for the next mandate. Uh, so yes, my name is Anni, Anni Hirvela. I come from Finland, from the Swedish-speaking part of Finland. Uh, I work as an uh, accredited parliamentary assistant for Miss Angelika Mlina. I've done it for uh, one and a half years now. Uh, my work is focused on the committee's FAM, so Committee on Women's Rights and Gender Equality, and LIBE, which is then Committee on C Civil Liberties, Justice and Home Affairs. And how I became feminist, I think it comes from, from home. My, um, my mother is a person who always stood up for women, and I learned from her the importance of fighting for your rights. She taught me everybody is equal and that is what feminism is all about. So equality between the genders. Also, I have learned a lot about feminism from my boss and, of course, from my fantastic policy advisor in FAM and, and my colleagues. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Well, a shout out to your mom and <laughs> yes. to your boss. <laughs> yes. Well done. Uh, and also, I just have to mention as a fellow Finn, uh, we had a parliamentary elections about one month ago. And the pretty fresh uh, Finnish parliament has now 46% of women. It's so, fantastic. Yay! Well done. But, but it's not 50% yet, so we cannot be completely uh, happy. Also, we need more uh, diverse representation of different kind of people, not only mm -hmm. men and mm -hmm. women. But yeah, so let's try to make the same happen now in the next EU elections. Absolutely. I was so thrilled about the national elections and it only gives me hope that this same trend will continue to the upcoming EP elections because for the moment only 36.4% of the MEPs are female so we need to get that number up. Yes, yeah. so keep that in mind. So 
What Young Feminist Europe is trying to do with the campaign Her Europe is to get more feminists in the power positions in the EU. But once that work is done, another fight continues in the forms of uh, discrimination and harassment inside those places of power. Anni, could you tell us more about the Me Too EP campaign? What is it about and why did you decide to start this kind of movement? Yes, so after Me Too happened, meaning after the hashtag uh, went viral, uh, the EP was quick, quick to adopt a resolution called Combating Sexual Harassment and Abuse in the EU. It was adopted with a clear majority in October 2017. This resolution included three very, very important measures to make the EU institutions safer workplaces for all staff members. And these three key points and or measures were firstly, mandatory training for all MEPs and staff on appropriate behavior. Second one, external auditors to uh, assess the work of the anti-harassment committees and how they conduct their work. And thirdly, emerge the two anti-harassment committees into one single one-stop shop committee. And also, very importantly, to include doctors, lawyers and psychologists as standing members of these committees. But after the resolution was adopted, no measures were never implemented. And the Bureau of the European Parliament did not react to this resolution. So it felt like there was no will to address sexual harassment. And it also felt like they saw it as there was no need to address sexual harassment, but because it didn't exist Mm. in the house. Mm. And last spring, me and a couple of other workers of the EP all from different backgrounds and political families. We got together and we decided it's time to do something. It's time to react. And we decided to create a movement and a blog where we publish anonymous testimonies of sexual harassment, sexual assault and abuse in the European Parliament. And finally, we launched the blog uh, last October. We wanted to show the European Parliament's bureau and the, conser- and the conservative forces of the European Parliament that sexual harassment does ha- happen in the House. We wanted to show that our workplace ex- is no exception. And last February, we launched our uh, European Parliament election pledge and uh, where we call on the MEPs and the candidate MEPs to sign the pledge to commit to combat sexual harassment and abuse in the European Parliament for the mandate 2019 to 2024. And here you have it. (laughs) A couple of weeks ago, uh, we launched the pledge online. So now we're live. (laughs) So now the candidates can sign uh, on our webpage. And so there is no excuse anymore. And maybe just for our listeners, uh, what is your Twitter handle? Uh, Me too, EP. Very easy. So just moving on with the interview, a point of clarification for our listeners, according to EU law, sexual harassment is defined as, now wait for it, where any form of unwanted verbal, nonverbal, physical contact of a sexual nature occurs with the purpose or effect of violating the dignity of a person, in particular when creating an intimidating, hostile, degrading, humiliating or offensive environment. Oh, I got that all out. Okay. (laughs) So the next question will address this topic and just take this as a trigger warning, listeners. So 
With this in mind, reading the testimonies that are published on the Me Too EP blog, some of them are really quite disturbing and our listeners may may not be so familiar with them. So could you tell us, Annie, a little bit about the current situation within the Parliament and perhaps give us some examples of what would be your typical blog? Yes, so the Me Too EP blog publishes anonymous testimonies of sexual harassment, abuse and sexism that have occurred in the European Parliament. One can submit their own testimony on the website. No names of the victims or perpetrators are ever published. So the Me Too EP blog publishes anonymous testimonies of sexual harassment, abuse and sexism that have occurred in the European Parliament. One can submit their own testimony on the website. No names of victims or perpetrators are ever published. The anonymous nature of our blog has been the success of the blog from the beginning. The goal was to create a safe space for workers to come forward anonymously and get information on how to get help. Me Too EP is tackling the underreporting of harassment and stigma surrounding it. Another important goal of the blog was to show different forms of sexual harassment because this is not always clear. With the blog, sexual harassment is, giving, uh, is given a broader meaning. Things a person did not think was inappropriate, inappropriate behavior, but just as a friendly gesture, have now gotten a whole different meaning. This is especially important in today's digital world when sexual harassment can happen online. But there are several different testimonies Uh, There are cases of rape, assault, sexism, and online harassment. I welcome the listeners to uh, read through the testimonies. They are all very different, Um, female and male victims. There are different professions and positions within the European Parliament, and really anyone can be a victim. And I was just wondering, or maybe, I don't know if you would know these... uh these numbers on top of your head, but uh, how many contributions have you had in total? We have gathered the testimonies now uh, over two years, actually, or it's my colleague, Jean Pontet, who started gathering them in her notebook. And altogether, we have received a very high number that we publish on the blog on a regular basis. But really, these testimonies uh, are just the tip of the iceberg on what's going on in the European Parliament. So I'm assuming from this that it's still really hard for victims to report cases of sexual harassment inside the Parliament. Is that correct? Yes, unfortunately, I believe it is, depending on one situation, of course. But if I take the European Parliament as an example, as a young person trying to establish a career in politics, One can be very dependent on informal recommendations and contacts in this so-called Brussels bubble. Junior staff working as assistants, trainees or unpaid interns are particularly the perfect target for abuse and exploitation. The victims are often afraid to report the incident because of the fear of losing their job or then just uh, seem to be seen as a difficult person to work with. I guess this relates to my next question is that these patriarchal, misogynistic sort of cultures that prevail in these male-dominated spaces, do you see that impacting on women's participation in political environments and the European Parliament? Uh, Sexual harassment is one of the cruelest forms of uh, gender discrimination. If this form 
of discrimination is not tackled, it will keep women from pursuing certain careers or jobs. This leads men keeping the leading posts and jobs and leaving women at home, which again increases inequalities and gender imbalance. The political sphere must be made a safe space for women, but violence against women knows no boundaries, unfortunately, Mm. and female politicians are absolutely no exception. And female politicians are also targets of a new kind of violence, to cyber violence and cyber harassment. And uh, the question is that how are we supposed to attract women into politics when the latest study made by the Interparliamentary Union, IPU, shows that 46% of female parliamentarians in Europe were threatened with violence or rape 27% of them have suffered from sexual violence, and the figures about online violence against female politicians are even more alarming. 58% of them were targets of sexist attacks on the internet, and I really uh, welcome you to read this study. It has some uh, very sad numbers, but I think it's very important that IPU this study and shred lights on what's going on. But this kind of work environment deters women from seeking office. It makes the world of politics even more male-dominated. And it's so important that all parties and workplaces strongly condemn acts of violence against women and adopt legal and practical measures to prevent and, in the end, punish such acts. It's funny that you mention this because in Northern Ireland, we just had local elections Mm -hmm. and the aftermath was quite scary in seeing some of the abuse that some uh, local uh, female candidates Mm -hmm. and councillors received. Yeah, it's really, I I think it's the same everywhere. Also in Finland, it's the the female politicians that get the most cyber attacks. And it's like, what kind of democracy that is when it's kind of the rule of the uh, jungle and it's the strong one, the, the bullies who mm-hmm. are successful. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's democracy when when uh, the strongest ones are the ones who get the places of power. It's, it's really just all about power dynamics, right? Now, Annie, I would like to talk with you about the reactions within the European Parliament and the impact on the campaign. And I have three questions for you. So let's start with the first one. I'm ready. Good. So... In your blog, you list a number of popular beliefs that encourage sexual harassment, such as it's not sexual harassment, it's just about cultural differences. It's not sexual harassment, it only happened once. So have you been successful together with your colleagues in fighting these dangerous popular beliefs so far? Thank you, Cynthia. I really want to believe that we have succeeded in fighting these popular beliefs and we're continuing to fight them. About the culture, this is one of my favorite topics to discuss about, actually. it's I always want to encourage people to not blame culture for sexual harassment. So it doesn't matter uh, what culture you come from, what religion you have, whatever you are from, that doesn't make you harass other people. It's you that harasses, it's the person that harasses, and that's the end of the story. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So now I would like to know more about the reactions of the MEP once you launch the campaign. And in particular, I would like to quote the sentence from President Tajani from the press release from October 2018. So I quote, 
the European Parliament operates a zero-tolerance approach towards any form of harassment, discrimination, and or violence. We are working hard to safeguard an open and inclusive work environment free from any abuse of power. So, on one hand, it's a very strong reaction condemning any form of abuse. But on the other hand, it also seems a bit to me that it minimizes the reality of what actually had happened mm -hmm. and that you mentioned all the testimonies of what has been happening and maybe still happening. So how was the reaction of all the other members of the European Parliament? Well, the reactions have been very positive from the beginning. Both MEPs and staff have expressed their support for our movement and the campaign overall. This topic is very timely and crucial for an institution which members represent the citizens of the European Union. And they believe we have put the, tape, the topic on the table. This was the start to end the culture of silence surrounding sexual harassment. And we have shaken status quo. And so far, we have received over 300 signatures for our European election pledge. Both sitting members and candidates have signed the pledge. And we're targeting uh, candidates from all over the member states. And of course, also the members of the Bureau. And I want to believe we got people thinking. I have received some comments from persons that they haven't realized that they were acting in an uh, inappropriate way before they read testimonies uh, on the blog. President Tajani has also signed the pledge, yes. And I am aware of his statement that you uh, just read. But so far, the European Parliament has only managed to come up with cosmetic changes to the measures to combat sexual harassment and concrete action is needed to prevent uh, future cases. And I, I just have to say that actions speak louder than words in this case. Coming back to the figures that you mentioned, it's very encouraging that three, around 300 MEPs sign your pledge, but within the European Parliament, didn't you face any resistance? Yes, uh, sure, we have face some resistance. The demand for mandatory training for MEPs have, and staff have, has caused a lot of turmoil among the MEPs, a lot of resistance. It's the typical example of the, I call them political dinosaurs, <laughs> uh, that believe that the MEPs, that they all have PhDs and they're well-educated and well-mannered and they don't need any training because they already know how to behave. And I'm quoting, they're not behaving like baboons on heat wow. within the parliament sure. and mm. that there is absolutely no problem. So they don't need this kind of training. But if there is no problem... Why is it a problem to do this kind of mandatory training? This is what I don't understand. So it would only help the others if you take a few hours of uh, training to improve the whole environment of the European Parliament, but do not accept the excuse of uh, immunity as a reason for immunity. End of story. That also just highlights if you won't partake in these trainings, you're also not recognizing that there is a problem as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's crazy. It I is, can't huh? believe you mm -hmm. said that. Mm -hmm. oh. I just want to add that the um, political groups that have um, supported our, our movement from the beginning are the political groups within the parliament that are from the center 
to the left. So the ones on the right side have taken distance from our movement. For example, European People's Party, EPP, which is the biggest uh, political group within the House, ECR, ENF, EFDD uh, as well. And they vote against reports that make references to how to combat sexual harassment. And also, the sad thing is that EPP's group leader, Manfred Weber, has signed uh, our election pledge, yet his group continues to vote against uh, all these reports. And I think that's very disturbing. Yeah, this this shows a level of hypocrisy yeah. with this side of the ideological Definitely. spectrum. That I'll, they will play like, oh, I support feminism, I support gender equality. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to actually doing these small measures and tools, it's too much for them. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on, on the impact of your campaign. Now, a very straightforward question for you, Annie. Are we confident that abuser will no longer get away with such actions in the European Parliament? Well, the culture of silence will enable the abusers to get away with the actions. Yes. If there is no real fear of consequences, it's not taken seriously either. And the European Parliament has voted for several motions uh, that call for these measures. But this reflects very badly on the European Parliament if the motions that MEPs vote for are not implemented. So we're definitely not there yet. God, it really feels like you're going around in circles with uh, all these motions uh, going back and forth. Absolutely. It it feels like this sometimes. It's like uh, MEPs, they claim they want to have change. uh, Then they have these reports. The report is put to plenary. The report is voted down. And on it goes again in different committees. So it's always this continuous fight. Um, and right now, we're, it felt like we were fighting time when uh, the mandate comes to an end. So that's why we have to uh, make sure that this fight continues for the next one. Let's move on now to how we can support your campaign. What are now the future objectives of the campaign and how can we and all the people out there listening support Me Too EP? Before we launched the pledge, we knew we only had a limited time left of this mandate. So we decided to target the the future MEPs, so the new MEPs of the, the upcoming mandate. We launched the Me Too EP election pledge. MEPs and candidate MEPs who signed the pledge commit to fight for better measures to fight sexual harassment and also enroll in the EP's training for respect and dignity at work. (laughs) The pledge also includes the other three important calls of our movement, which I I mentioned er earlier. And um, as I said, the pledge can now be found uh, online. So how to support our movement? Uh, Well, firstly, by inviting uh, us to these fantastic podcast recordings (laughs) and by spreading our message, uh, sharing our post on Twitter, online and and liking our Twitter posts. And uh, this creates awareness and ends ends the stigma and silence surrounding the topic. And yeah. And do you think Annie, that these measures can be adopted, replicated in all the parliaments in the member states? I mean, if some of our listeners are here inspired to do the same within mm-hmm. their, their national parliaments? 
the movement can absolutely be uh, replicated for national parliaments, I think. Actually, I hope it there would there would not be a need <laughs> to replicate it. That's all parliaments are safe safe places, but we actually got a message from the workers of the United Nations when we launched our blog just shortly after and they they wanted to meet us to uh, do something similar within the UN and myself I have worked within the UN and I can tell you oh boy it's even worse than what we have here in Brussels. It doesn't surprise me these no. institutions no. We attended an event not that long ago. It's not that great. It's a handbook by Sarah Hassan and Sarah Hassan and Juliet Lambert. And yeah, exactly. It's about uh, sexual harassment inside the workplace. And one of the stories that was mentioned during the event was the um, how these lobby firms, mm-hmm. in particular, hire young women and send them out as basically cannon fodder to massage the egos of senior men in higher positions of power. And listening to it, it was really disgusting. I'm just shaking yeah. my head here. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. But luckily, change is on the way and there is a greater call for change. A few weeks ago, uh, Euractive chose the Meet 2 EP movement and the launch of the blog as one of the top 10 most important events of this legislative term of the European Parliament. And I think this is a very, very positive message for us, for the movement and for all the staff um, of the Parliament. And that next mandate, there could actually be some real adequate ways to tackle this problem. Yeah, I think this alone actually highlights uh, that there is a wider recognition yes. uh, that women are not willing to be put in their place anymore no, and no. we're willing to uh, stand up and shout when we see injustice. Definitely. And I think there's no way back anymore. The world changed in October 2017 when the hashtag MeToo went viral and there's no way back. Yes, it is a general movement that is not going to end, right? Yes. So leading on to one of our last few questions. What kind of Europe are you dreaming of, Annie? I want to see a Europe that defends its values. It defends the citizens' rights and freedoms. Our rights are not set in stone and we have to defend them. And this is what I learned from my boss, Angelica. And equality between uh, men and women in education, in economic decision-making and political power are the key for Europe's future. And I want to see Europe succeeding in in enforcing uh, this important right to equality and uh, make use of the huge potential lying in half of its population, so as women. I want to see gender equality at the heart of the political debate because gender equality will, ben- will benefit everyone, women and men. Okay, and now, Annie, our last question. What is your most inspirational feminist quote? Um, my most inspirational f- feminist quote would be from uh, Swedish actress Ingrid Bergman. It's an um, on-screen quote. Uh, it goes like this. I don't demand much. I just want everything. Meaning, as a woman, I should have everything, not lower my ambitions because I am a woman. I can have the same dreams, the same opportunities. I don't have to choose between career or family life. We women deserve everything and uh, we can have it all. Exactly. Damn right. <laughs> yeah, that's all I say. Yeah, well, on that note, 
Thank you so much, Anni, for joining us today. Thank you so much, uh, Mariana, Cynthia, and Emma. It has been a blast to record this podcast with you. Yeah, it was mm. so inspirational to hear about your amazing work. Uh, we can only support everything you do. And also ask our listeners, please go and follow Annie and the Me Too EP on social media. Thanks for listening to Fem Vibes. We have more episodes coming up, so stay tuned and make sure to follow us on social media as well. And meanwhile, remind people around you about the upcoming EU elections and tell them why they should vote for Feminist Europe. And lastly, keep those Fem Vibes flowing. Go vote! Vote feminist! Woo! Thanks, Thank you.